0: Golddale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the Fruited Plains from Sea to Shining Sea. This is the host who loves you the most Luke Throop here on another wild Wednesday day. Today's a wonderful Wednesday friends it's a little bit uh, chilly outside but it's beautiful and when I say from coast to coast from sea to shining sea I mean that got friends out there in Pennsylvania shout out to Pennsylvania friends out there in Florida Uh, Over there in the D.C., Virginia area out, of course, all over the West Coast, Washington, Oregon. Idaho, California, even California. Can you believe listening in from other places around the world? So welcome, welcome everyone in the listening audience today. Remember if you're listening on a podcast app to find all the goodies, all the juicy details, you need to go to thetorchreport.com. Friends, if you have put down your phone, pick it back up and click that little heart and give me some love now. Getting anywhere from 700 to 1,000 downloads on a day and just a fraction, just a handful of, of my favorite friends out there who actually take the time to click the heart give me the thumbs up etc it means a lot to me so thank you it also boosts the rankings uh, in the algorithms so today friends torch report 254 investigating international corruption will it happen there is a growing chorus all around the globe calling for an impartial look into an exploding number of rigged elections now We've looked at this. We've kind of touched on this, and I—we're I, not going to get into all of the details. You know what? Here's the thing: I can only fit so much in 20 minutes, and I want to keep this a compact and succinct podcast for the sake of your listening pleasure on your commute, perhaps or your lunch break. So, keeping it uh, right around 20 minutes is, is the target here. I could go on and on, but you know, there's just not enough time for all of that. And besides, you know, but what I want to point out today is that it's not just us. Who are dealing with uh, corrupt political shenanigans? You know, we know for a fact that there has been massive fraud and interference in the U.S. elections. No question about it. Many people will point out 2016, uh, you know, Trump Russia collusion. 2016, they stole the election from Hillary Clinton, and then 2020, Joe Biden stole it back from Donald Trump, and then, of course, the recent 2022 midterm, uh, you know, just. Do you need any more proof than that, that this dog and pony shit show circus is going to continue until there are are, uh, investigations that bring some accountability? But don't hold your breath on that one, friends, because in reality, these issues have probably been going on for much, much longer than that. Now. Without getting into the weeds and rehashing history here, let's just take uh, what is destined to be the, the the now infamous, destined to be infamous Twitter files. Twitter files. What the hell are in the Twitter files? Well, it turns out the Twitter files have proven conclusively that Big Tech and Team Biden collaborated to interfere with the 2020 elections. Specifically, uh, they... they Put the kibosh in the story. They censor the story about uh, crack pipe Biden smoking crack with pores and all of this kind of stuff because that would have been bad for the big guy. Now, the fact that the guy in charge of releasing this information, the guy that's in t- responsible for releasing the Twitter files, Twitter files, uh, the Twitter files, the it, this guy anyway, he's a prior FBI agent. Who was smack dab in the middle of all the steel dossier and Trump-Russia collusion hoax. So the guy that was in the middle of trying to make it look like Russia had interfered with the 2016 elections is now right in the middle of uh, dealing with the fact that, hey, there's uh, irrefutable proof that the Democrats colluded with big tech they uh, their progressive allies at Twitter and uh, interfered with the 2020 election. No question about that. That's happened, you know. So wait a minute. You're telling me that an FBI deep state asset was working for Twitter. What, Luke? Are you kidding me? Why? No, I'm not. This guy. Why? You know, he was in fact working for Twitter. And don't you know? There's a revolving door between big tech and the government. And of course, this guy. He was. Uh, he had a steady cush job there at Twatter until Musk found out that he was a deep state plant who was trying to uh, interfere with the the. Uh, The exposure, the uh, interfere with Musk exposing the fact that Twitter had interfered (laughs) with the election. Anyway, Musk fired him in a rather unceremonious fashion. Anyway, anyway, friends, in other words, the guy who was a security asset who worked tirelessly to take down a duly elected president, which some would call a cool. coup, you know, uh, that guy. He screeched about Russian interference and, and you know, it was all based on bogus bot and paid for propaganda that was produced by Camp Clinton. All of that. He was just caught red handed once again trying to cover up the tracks of the deep state and the dirty deeds perpetrated by the progressive machine against we, the American people. They want to fleece we, the people, because we don't need uh, to know what's going on in the highest ranks of our government. They stole the election, and they know it, but we should not know it, and we never should say anything about it. Because if everybody suddenly found out about exactly how they intentionally interfered in the election, then uh, how they were censoring damning news about crack pipe Biden and his shady business deals and and which the big guy was getting all this cut from the Chinese, et cetera. You know, if all of this was not deliberately suppressed, then uh, what would have happened in the 2020 election? You know, probably nothing, you know, it probably it, nothing would have changed, you know, but. Uh, I'm sure Joe Biden was the most popular president ever elected, and that probably wouldn't have swayed anybody the other direction. Anyway, friends, I, I'm being facetious. It's so damn frustrating, but it's not just us. It's not just happening here. It's happening all around the world, and it has been for decades, and that's what I want to focus on. You know, The chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak, having perfected their craft through one color revolution after another, one coup after another all around the world, toppling regimes and installing their hand picked socks puppet play along leaders all of this uh all of this deep state shenanigans has come home to roost as they're coming here now they are setting up camp right here in the oval office and we can state that flippantly as a fact but it should it should be a really big deal but for most people it's not and i think that we need to let that sink in like ruminate on that chew on it for a minute wait a minute most people don't care they don't want to go back to 2020 uh, and and consider that it was an illegitimate election. They don't want to do that. Ah, oh, that's destabilizing to democracy. Uh, we don't want to even question the outcome of the midterm elections. That's that, you know questioning the elections. That they're, they're trying to make that illegal because that destabilizes. It's a threat to democracy. You know, again, we need to let that sink in because it it, it the implications are heavy. But let's zoom out, zoom and think global for a minute, because right now. There are millions upon millions of Brazilians protesting the corrupt elections that just installed a criminal communist dictator into power in their country. You know, you start to look at what their complaints are. Uh, you know, they're desperately pleading for an international investigation. They're saying, look, we have all this evidence. This guy is, they're still in the elections, you know, uh, and the protesters are out there protesting, you know. Even as the thug authorities steal their children and drag them off for punishment for daring to resist the tyranny in their heart of hearts, they know that resist we must. We peasants must band together against the global cabal and push back against their effort to install whatever sock puppet they want into leadership positions all around the globe. As great old Klausy Klaus Schwab said, we must penetrate the cabinets. We must penetrate this cabinets. You know, young global leaders. He's grooming And the worst sort of way, political operatives who are now in positions all around the globe to bring about what we are going through, which is the transition, the incredible transition toward future Earth. Now, there's uh, notably not a peep of solidarity coming from the Republicans. You don't hear a whole lot of GOP like, hey, we got to stand in solidarity with the Brazilians who are fighting for democracy. No, no, no. You know, we got instead of talking about we need to keep shipping billions of dollars in military equipment over to Ukraine. They need more kamikaze drones. You know, we need to send them all kinds of fancy new tech weapons where they could just kind of disappear into the hands of terrorists on the black market. might be used in armed conflicts throughout the region for decades to come, you know. Uh, But, of course, if that happens, at least it will keep the money flowing and the justification going for more and more weapons of war. Or flowing, uh, you know, in this in this self-sustaining cycle, and I'm sure that the O G M I C is just giddy about all of it, you know. But Brazil, come on, come on, you know, they're just uh, ah, those Brazilians, they're just making a big fuss over fraudulent elections and claiming that the voting machines are rigged and compromised, and and they've got the evidence to prove it. But that's you know, that's just a little bit too close to home. So nothing to see here. Moving on. Meanwhile, friends, again, thank Global. What's going on in the globe is going to come home to roost. It is coming home to roost. Meanwhile, what's going on in Brazil? Shift, you know, change the channels. Over in the UK, the Brits, who are not all caught up in the tabloid drama about Prince So-and-So and some pestiferous princess, you know, those people who do care more about what's actually happening in the fate of their country, uh, they they're realizing that their nation is now being compromised. This this freshly elected w e f hack prime minister rishi sunak you know he he's in bed with the world economic forum he was just elected as a conservative but you know now the conservatives in the uk are having to stomach the fact that mr rishi is more aligned with the radical agenda of the progressive left the radical left of the global cabal which is no surprise i'm sure it kind of surprises a lot of people uh he, he is more concerned about the radical climate agenda than the legitimate concerns like trying to keep themselves warm and feed you know, his own people, the national interests of his own people. In other words, Mr. Rishi Sunak, who is a young global leader himself, is in fact a Trojan horse. So that's happening over in the UK. Hey, look, we elected a conservative, but he's not actually a conservative. Shocking. Now, dealing with similar headwinds in Germany, German patriots, aka far right wing extremists, are now being hunted down and rounded up en masse. Having been accused of trying to overthrow their own treasonous government, they are, you know, all of this comes on the heel, by the way, of this rounding up of German patriots trying to overthrow their treasonous government. You know, this comes on the heels of the German government purging the military ranks of right wing extremism. Because all of this right-wing extremism is being driven by racist motives, and these extremists have been under surveillance since their <clears throat> this whole string of shootings uh, by, by radical far-right extremists over the last – Uh, Several years, so you see the patterns here. You know these groups of far right wing extremists were infiltrated under the suspicion that they were trying to undermine the country's democratic constitution. At least according to CNN. Now, friends, does any of this sound familiar? I'm sure it does. It's kind of a rhetorical question. You know, it's it's all too close to home. We're seeing this all play out, and again, it's coming home to roost. But on the bright side. You know, flip the channel on the other side, on the other side of the news, despite fighting for their lives against the even Russian, evil Russian tyrants, the Ukrainian people are now leading the way in digitizing everything from their central bank digital currency to their various forms of digital social identification. This acceleration towards CBDCs and digital IDs which is being orchestrated by their Ministry of Digital Transformation as a side note – we're going to come back to that in a second – is all part of a new digital trade agreement that is being worked out in collaboration and solidarity with the UK, the EU, and the rest of the global do-gooders. Friends, it is said that with the EU support, Ukraine's digital transformation means they will be able to participate in the EU Digital single market sooner rather than later, boosting the digital output of all countries involved. Pause. Now, I probably don't need to take another sip of coffee, but I'm going to because it's a really good cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Here's the thing the EU digital single market, think of single market. Think communism, central control, but the EU digital market. Also, think global digital market, single digital market, global digital government, single digital government. Anyway, what could possibly go wrong? You know, of course, you know they're, they're they're the Ukrainians. You know, they got all this stuff going on, but at the same time, they're on the forefront of getting you know digital currency and digital IDs. Wow, they're so inspiring. You know, it's a brilliant plan, and that's probably why Vladimir Zelensky, the comic, uh, the comedian turned you know quack prime minister. I mean, great prime minister. Anyway, you know. Zelensky and the entire population of Ukraine, I kid you not, they've been nominated for the Nobel Prize. And Zelensky was just recently named Times Person of the Year. It's just amazing. You know, excuse me for a moment while I try not to gag. Now, uh, I I failed to mention or did not mention that the leader of Ukraine's Ministry of Digital Transformation – the Ministry of Digital Transformation. Mr. Mikhaila Fedorov is also a WEF hack, young global leader who passionately spoke to the young global leaders at the Davos crowd about uh, this what he calls new concepts of government. Wow. You know, this is great. We got this war, but we got to think about new concepts of government uh, that support a more democratic world. Um, And also uh, while he's speaking to the Davos crowd, this W E F hack uh, was talking about the cyber war against misinformation. This rings bells for me because do you recall Nina Jankovich? Uh, She oversaw, The Ukraine's effort to shut down dissenting perspectives by blocking websites and removing anti-narrative content prior to She did all of that in in the Ukraine before she ever came to the U.S. to head the disinformation governance board, and she was going to do the same thing here, uh, massive government censorship. But that kind of got shot down, or at least it went underground, and so then she registered as a foreign agent and went to work for an NGO based in the U.K. called nothing other than the Center for Information Resilience. Nina Jankovic, Ukrainian government. You know, suppressing and censoring uh, counter-narrative perspectives. Now she's working for the UK NGO called the Center for Information Resilience. Now we just talked about resilience yesterday and I'm not sure if I did a really good job of communicating what I meant, but resilience, when they say that, they're talking about disrupting uh, and creating these iterative disruptions because that's how they can condition people to accept and adapt to whatever agenda they want. So this Center for Information Resilience is going to do the same thing. Same damn thing. They're going to interrupt the flow of information to cause people to adapt to this, this uh, idea that only only the government can tell us what is and is not valid or true. So you want to guess what they do? This Center for Informational Resil- Information Resilience? take a guess, you know, they are defending democracy from disinformation. That's their goal. They are defending democracy from disinformation. What a great and noble cause, you know. Do you see any patterns here, friends? And I'm sure you do, being the astute intellectuals that you are here in this listening audience, you know. But come on, you know, 2016, Trump stole the election, no, wait, no, no. Biden stole the election. No, wait, oh, maybe it's all just misinformation. But how can we know for sure? How can we know for sure who's telling this the truth? I know, I know, I got an idea. Let's have the government defend our democracy from disinformation. That way we know our elections are safe and secure, just like the ones in Brazil. And we probably ought to get one of those new new uh, digital ideologies systems too. That way we can keep track of who's voting for who. And we can finally root out all of those far right wing extremists. You know, these guys, you know, they're the ones that are spreading disinformation and interfering with our elections. At least that's what the, uh, what the officials said after the investigations. I'm, I'm sure friends, I'm sure if we could just do all of those things, then the next election will be better. Our next election will be safe and secure. And maybe then, maybe then we can make some real progress towards saving the planet with the Agenda 2030 Sustainable Development Goals and the exciting new forthcoming Global digital governance. Friends, until then, we best keep our heads on a swivel. <laughs> Nuts! Ah, You know, I know that you know there's a lot of sarcasm here, friends, and I have to do that because it tricks the algorithms. They don't know whether or not I'm joking and making fun of them or whether or not I'm just a witty, wise guy opening my mouth and annoying people by spreading disinformation with my opposite. As, as, you know, it's kind of a natural extension and expression of my oppositional defiance disorder and all that kind of stuff. So you don't need to listen to me. I'm just an ignorant peasant, friends. And that is the message of my heart for today. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please do me the great honor to take the time, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, above all else, and the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with a friend. Get out there and embrace this wild, wonderful Wednesday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.